0: Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that brings you one saucy medieval tale after another. I am Cleo medievalist and storyteller, and I am acutely aware that I deprived you of your medieval dose of obscenity last week, which is why this week I'm coming to you with one of the really, really popular ones. Today's story is Long Butthole Berengier and it has the advantage of being one of the stories that you can share with a lot of the people that you know because contrary to other Fablio, it's not entirely disgusting. There are, of course, some swear words, as you can probably figure out by the title, but that's probably the worst of it. So without further need for content warnings, just keep in mind that this was still written quite a long time ago so, a lot of the things that we will be talking about today are outdated, and do not let your social sensibilities get to you when you start hearing about knights and nobility and how someone's virtue is something they inherit with their blood. That said, we're ready to get started? Let's go and find out what's the story of that long battle, Berengier. Our story takes place in Normandy, and I'm told that people in Normandy are not particularly known for being brave. My sources are really several hundred years old, but that's what I know. In Lombardy, there was a wedding taking place. Yes, that's right, a knight was marrying up. And how did that knight get his position, you ask me? Was he born into nobility? No, no. His father was a moneylender, which means his father was rich beyond belief rich in land, rich in cattle, rich in food and wine, rich in money, rich in every possible way. And when you are a moneylender, you have a lot of money that is yours, and you have a lot of money that other people owe to you, which was the case with the local baron, who owed everything he owned to that moneylender and had no way of paying him back. So they had to come to a settlement. What to do? Marry the baron's daughter? To the moneylender's son. And how do you go about it without creating an utterly shameful situation for everyone? Make the moneylender's son into a knight, which is what happened. This is exactly why the world has gone to ruin. This is the reason why so many lines, noble lines, end up in shame and disgrace because they marry below their station and then these marriages give birth to knights who are craven. Coward, honourless, they live for gold, they live for greed, they live for lust, they live for sin. And they never brought any honour to anyone around them, including themselves. But I digress. Back to our story. So the young boy was knighted and he was married to the young girl, who was told that she was marrying a knight, and so she didn't object much, and stayed with him and looked happy for around 10 years. And in those 10 years, she found out that that knight really, really loved his comforts. He liked food and drink and riches and nice fabrics. And he liked sitting down and spending time doing nothing. But he never talked about any heroic deeds. He never talked about adventures. He never talked about honor or any of the deeds knights are generally most well known for. He started suspecting that he'd rather sleep in a barn than find himself wielding lance or sword. He'd rather boast about how great he is, but had nothing of substance to support his knightly title. So the lady started reminding him and casually bringing up her own lineage and how her own ancestors were so reputable and so great and great songs have been written about them. And everyone knew them for the things they have achieved and for the deeds they have accomplished and their name was honourable and respected across her lands. The scoundrel that she married wasn't stupid and he figured out quite quickly that this is happening because something is on his wife's mind. And so sooner or later he would have to somehow prove himself. At first he pretended to be offended. Lady, are you talking about your family to me? Me, a man so famed, that no one in your family can equal in bravery. Do you know what I've done? I'm no slouch. No one ever stood against me and prevailed. You've never heard of anyone who lost by me because they're all dead. You should see them. Whenever I encounter any of my foes, they either turn around and run, or never run again. That's why you've never met any of them. And so another night went by. And the next day, at the break of dawn, our knight woke up and ordered his servants to bring his armor. He had a really nice armor, a very shiny one too, because it was mostly unused. So he got equipped head to toe, and when his arming was complete, he took his sword, he took his lance, he took his shield, and went to the stables to get his horse. As he was riding away from his house, he was thinking, what am I going to do? because there was no way that he could come back in the house without a story to tell and evidence to prove it. But also, he had no particular desire to find himself in any type of adventure. So, he looked around to find the next best place to go, looked at the forest, and galloped in. He kept riding until he reached the thickest bit of the forest, and there, far away from everyone, he dismounted his horse, tied it on a tree, took off his shield... Hung it from another tree, and started beating it with his sword with such fury that made enough clamour to think that the demons from hell were fighting in those woods that day. Then he took at his lance, breaking it out to two, then three, then four pieces, spent the entire day basically ruining his arms, banging them against each other. And then, when he was done, and he was quite tired, let me tell you, he took what was left of his shield and on the other hand he took what was left of his lance, mounted back up on his horse, and made his way home. When his wife saw him approaching with a quarter of a shield and a shard of a lance, she ran to greet him. But as she approached, he kicked her hard and said, Be gone! You have no right to touch a knight so good and glorious as me. I had one hell of a day. I'm not a lout, I'm not a boor. And if you go to the forest right now, you will see exactly what that other guy looks like. Because this is what I look like after the fight I had with him. At length he told her that evening about that terrible night that he met in the forest and she was left speechless. But had no other choice than to believe his story that something terrible happened and he evidently took care of it. So that was another night that passed in the household and this one was slightly better for our peasant knight. Now, since the plan worked once, our knight woke up that morning after and decided that he's going to do it again. But the lady was no fool. And when she saw him coming back again that evening with a broken lance, with a broken shield, but not a splinter on his armor, not a scar on his helmet, not even a trace of wound on his body, she got suspicious. And his horse looked fine, too. So how can someone be in combat all day long not even have a scratch on him, not even have all his weapons battered, just his sword and shield? Hmm, something is up, and I'm going to find out what, she told herself. Meanwhile, he kept boasting about how his enemies were all routed, and he is very, very tired, and he has been incredibly valiant today, and there's no one in her family that can match him for honour and glory. Yes, yes, darling, sure you did, she said, and led him to the bedchamber. And as he snored, she made her plan. The morning after, sure enough, our knight went about the same business, got all armed up, took a new shield, took a new lance, went up his horse and rode away. But no sooner had he left that she, his wife, the noble lady, did the same. She ordered the servants to bring her her own suit of armour and she got a lance and a sword and a shield and a horse and swiftly rode behind him. She saw him getting in the forest and then she followed and not long after she heard such noise, such clamour of weapons beating against one another that she thought this must be a great fight. She dismounted from her horse and slowly cautiously approached because it genuinely sounded like there was a group of 40 fighting one another but as she walked closely she saw he had hung his shield from a tree and he was beating it with such fervor with such rage flailing and hacking like it was its worst enemy she stopped dead in her tracks and realized that this was the enemy that he was fighting every day and so she spoke What madness is this? She addressed her husband, probably making her voice several tones deeper. What has this shield ever done to you? It's innocent. It can't have hurt you that much. Don't pick on it. Find an enemy of your own size. I can't think of any reason why anyone would wage such a senseless war. Are you maybe a coward? The knight did not expect to hear a voice. And certainly when he turned around, he did not expect to see... Another fully-armoured knight, looking at him with scorn, he dropped his sword to the ground and his face went pale. "'If it please you, my lord,' he said, "'I have done you no injury. I have hurt you in no way. Please, let me make amends. I'll give you money. Say nothing to anyone about this.' "'You'll give me money?' You'll give me money to stay quiet. Oh, no, 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 this will not pass. You will not walk out of here just by paying your way out, no. You'll either duel me and I promise you, if you lose, I will chop your head clean off. Or you will admit that you're a coward and I will turn around and you will kiss my asshole. Or close nearby the asshole, that's okay too. The knight was shaking in his shoes, The prospect of actually engaging in a duel with another knight was really not what he signed up for when he went out of bed this morning, so it really didn't take him long to decide. My lords, he said, I've sworn to fight no man, so if you promise to not say anything about this to anyone, I will do as you please. All right then, she said, turned around, lifted her tunic and presented her nether parts for him to kiss slowly he approached as she was moonlighting him in the middle of the forest and he was so upset that as he looked down her nether parts which he had seen before he thought that maybe asshole and cunt were a bit too close and he thought that must be one hole and he exclaimed I've never seen a hole big as this now kiss it and so he did the filthy kiss the proof of his own cowardice The lady didn't wait. She stood up and went towards her horse. No, wait, he called her. Please, if it please you, my lord, let me know your name. You've won this game. It's only fair that I know who beat me. Oh, and you will know that name, all right, she said. (laughs) My name is Unique, and I'm the only one who has it. My name is Longbattle Berengier, and my job is put craven louts like you back in their place. And with that she mounted her horse and rode back to her house. And then she sent for another knight. One that she had her eyes on for a while. One that had many times asked to be her lover and she had rebuffed him out of loyalty to a husband that she thought was also knightly and worthy and good. But now that she knew him to be none of these things, she also had no reason to say no to the other guy. And so, not even keeping pretenses... She called him in her bedchamber and jumped into bed with him. The peasant knight, the husband, came in a bit later. And I know that this is when normally the wives jump out of bed screaming, Oh, my husband's back! But this is not what happened this time. This time, the lady could not care less. The servants told her that her husband's back home. She didn't even leave the bed. The servants told her that he was coming to her bedchamber. She didn't even kick the lover out. And so as he opened the door and came in, he saw her in the sweet embrace of the other knight, her new appointed lover. What is this disgrace? he said. You have a lot of nerve to bring another man into my bedroom. Oh, shut up! You have no right to talk, you're a coward! And everyone knows it. What are you going to do? Go to your friend, Longbattle Berengier, and whine about it? Because no doubt he's going to shame you again as he did earlier today. Now go! As soon as he heard the name, the man knew that he had lost. Not only that fight, not only the fight with Longbathol Berengier, but any argument that would ever come up in the future. She could, from that point on, do as she pleased. And there was nothing for him to say or do to fix his shame. Now this is a reminder for all of you. When the shepherd is weak, the wolf shits wool. This was the story of Long Battle berangier This is one of the few stories when the woman dresses up as a knight and outnights her husband. There's quite a few of those that we will end up talking about. But if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to The Court Jester on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can also tell everyone you know about how great this is, and if you are so inclined, you can support us on Patreon. I have put links for this in the show notes, where I've also put links about the translation that I'm using and the title music. The court jester is the word of a medievalist, me, and your patronage will give me a sense of achievement that I don't otherwise get, and the ability to bring you more stories from the Middle Ages. Thank you for listening. Until next time.